Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. We have all the show notes, all the links down in the in the description below, as well as our social media and our links to our Gumroad and our iTunes for you to re- leave us a review if you feel so inclined. And well, who, who are they sharing it with us now? Are they, they had the lady in the shopping place. They had the guy in the elevator pulling over the side of the road and yelling at people. What are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, what big banner out front of their house? That's right. Homeschool together banners would be available <laughs> on our Gumroad store no, for those massive, you you're know, so weird. twenty foot prints to put on your front of your house to you know, promote the podcast. We we appreciate your support. Uh, all all uh, half price to all premium members. <laughs> you are so weird. Uh, it's been a long day. Anyway, so we had a great today. Was a first year homeschooling journey. It's just one of our favorite things that Ariel and I have been doing for you know, the last two years or so was interviewing homeschoolers who've been talking about their first year of homeschooling. And that can be a really scary to a lot of people when they're just getting started and, and all of that. And what was wonderful about today with Elise Taylor was the fact that Elise used to be a, uh, a first grade, I think also a kindergarten teacher. And mm-hmm. she was also a, a teacher at a, a gifted school as well. So she had this enormous amount of teaching experience as well as uh, a lot of tutoring experience, and not only just tutoring, but also tutoring homeschool families. And so she she spent a lot of time in the education space before she actually began to homeschool her own daughter and, mm-hmm. and hopefully her second daughter, who you will hear periodically, who is two <laughs> months old and was uh, was with Mama while while during our interview. There might have been you know a few little noises here and there, but we tried to clean them up as much as possible. But this was really really fun. She she this is a great example. Of, I think more than anything is how flexible homeschooling is um, yeah. to a family. You know, she they're relocating from LA to the New Mexico area because they're in the film industry. Um, the complications of moving and then homeschooling and then education may, and the school, the school districts may not have as strong of schools. And so she decided to start homeschooling and she indicates that she's going to go pretty far, maybe at least through elementary school. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers I know, <laughs> but you know, just talking about how adaptive homeschooling is and, and how many, you know, unique things that they can, you know, that homeschooling can fit in. It's like a Lego piece that kind of morphs and <laughs> it can go into fit in any location that you want. And I think today's interview uh, really showed that. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And I think we, we're going to have a follow on interview with Elise about her education background yeah. that maybe hopefully will help us uh, learn to be better teachers. That's one of the things I think a lot of us as homeschooling parents I want to do is become better teachers. So maybe we're going to have another interview with her as well um, to kind of talk about that. But did you have anything? Yeah. Yeah. I really felt like 
This was a great interview. I love first-year homeschoolers because it's a really yeah. interesting perspective. So often when you listen to other homeschool podcasts or you read, especially when I read like other homeschool blogs, it's, you know, that person who has been doing this forever. They have four Super children. Yeah. They're, they feel like they're, yeah, very experts. Um, and so I like these first-year interviews because it's great. We're getting people right as they're starting and hearing some of their challenges. And they're, you know, what is that, the forming, storming, norming uh, stages of team growth, right? I kind of feel like this is similar, right? Where this is their so really... Cor- that went full corporate there. It did go full corporate. You're making um, fun of my jokes about the big banners out in front of people. You're going full corporate Well, office. I just feel like, but I feel like this is the forming stage, right, of homeschool where, you know, this is your first year when, you know, whatever you did during preschool, it, it kind of doesn't count because this is now kindergarten. So, you know, you, you've, you have now made a conscious choice this first year to choose a different path than the one that is kind of laid out for everyone, which is to just put your child in public school kindergarten. And so I love hearing this first year and how they kind of figure things out. And for Elise, it was a very chaotic year with having a new baby. And she talks about kind of how they coped with homeschool through that. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear that because I think that um, those blogs also, and some of those YouTube channels give us this a- appearance that homeschooling has great light and everyone's quietly working on stuff and doesn't talk about the times when it can be chaotic. When you are yeah. in the middle of something going on as a family, like having a new baby or, or an illness where, you know, or a move or whatever it is you're going through and you're just like finding times to make learning happen even if it's not like, let's pull out the curriculum book every minute. Exactly. And that's still homeschooling, and that's still such valuable learning time and such valuable family bonding time. So I think this interview was really great from that perspective just to see this is like the reality of it um, and how it can work for your family and how you can still find those educational opportunities. So without further ado, let's get into this great interview with Elise. Hi, Elise. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. And your little one there. Thanks for joining us too. So um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your family and and um, what drove your decision to start homeschooling? Yeah, well, I live in um, New Mexico with my husband, who's a cameraman. And we actually just moved from LA about a year ago because the film industry is taking off here. And the prices of housing prices are much better. So that drove our decision to move. And I have a six-year-old daughter and a two-month-old daughter. And we also have a wild Australian shepherd named Indiana Jones, who definitely (laughs) keeps us on our toes. (laughs) Nobody's in the family named after the dog. (laughs) (laughs) We thought about it. If we were going to have a son, because we always both like the name Indiana, and my husband, Brian's like, you know, if we kept to the movie, we should name our son Indiana because the dog's name was Indiana. But like, <laughs> the grandparents didn't really. <laughs> my mom's like, you can't have both boys in the house named Indy. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I actually have a cousin who married a, a boy yeah. and he is the same name as her family dog. Yeah. And that was oh a little God. bit weird. <laughs> so, so, you know, good play. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. so, so, um, why, you know, why homeschooling for you? I, I definitely, you must have kind of an interesting life with your husband doing uh, camera work. That's not like a normal nine to five. Did that help kind of drive your decision to go towards that? I think it's just a benefit. Cause I had, we had already kind of decided, well, he was always, he was always a cameraman, but we did decide homeschooling like for different reasons. And I would say 
it has a lot to do with the safety in schools. And then where we live right now um, is ranked 50 out of 50 in terms of school systems. So it's the worst mm -hmm. in the country. So that definitely is a factor. But we still were considering homeschooling when we lived in California. And that, uh, but we were going to join one of those charter schools. And so that way we could have like the social aspects of a school. And just being in the classroom also drove me to homeschool because I don't really want that environment for my daughter. And I don't really agree with how much work is expected for five-year-olds. So, and, and so just for our listeners, you have a little bit of teaching background, a little bit, I say, jokingly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't even remember how long I taught first grade for. It was over 10 years and at a private school in Los Angeles. And then I went I switched schools and taught um, kindergarten at a school for the highly gifted for about a year and a half. And then I went on maternity leave and then started tutoring part-time and also um, like consulting for other families that were homeschooling and being a like their homeschool tutor. So I did that. I'm still doing that actually <laughs> part-time. So I probably tutor about three or four hours a week. What was homeschooling? Was it ever anything on your radar with respect to something that you thought you would do or was it, did it just kind of come out of nowhere as the, you know, the main option to, to choose for educating your kid? It actually came out of uh, researching because when my baby was born and all the parents um, at the school, I worked at the gifted school, saw pictures and they're like, oh, she's like your students. Like she's gifted. I bet like, you know, just based on how alert she was. It was kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> I was Googling things like that, like, you know, late one night and I came across the, my little poppies blog. Do you know that mm -hmm. one? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so I just kept seeing like, Oh, this family, they're having so much fun. They're playing games. Like, Oh, that's exactly what I want for my life. Like I want to, I want to be that family. And so that's what introduced me to homeschooling. And then you fall down the homeschool research rabbit hole and, mm -hmm. and the rest is history. <laughs> Did you end up settling on a certain type of homeschooling that you liked, like whether it's unschooling or Charlotte Mason, there's so many different varieties out there. Was there something that really captured you? Yeah, I think we're best fit in the game schooling category. Okay, I'm cool. obsessed with board games. We have like I don't even know. We, we have a <laughs> all, across, all around the house. There's like, you open a crevice and there's like a game. <laughs> I am neither going to confirm nor deny that our house looks like that too. Yeah. And then you go on the Amazon deals and it's like a game for like, you know, 14 and up, but it's like $9. So of course I got to buy that and save it. So my closet's like packed with like advanced games. That <laughs> I totally I know. I totally know. You, you, and, like, yeah, you and Ariel could do a whole episode on like game storage. And yeah. She, he's like, why did you buy this? Like, we're not going to play this for 10 years. I go, it was on sale. Yeah, like just this week, you apologized. You said a box is coming and I, I don't apologize to anyone except myself. Yeah, it was like my game nerds order just yeah. finally had to get released for customer hold. I'm sorry. Oh, I have like $170 in the game nerds list shopping cart that I'm just like waiting. To <laughs> the customer hold feature is so amazing. So you don't have to ship it all at once, yeah. but eventually it does expire and they just ship it to it you. So ships. I was like, I usually try to choose a strategic time for them to ship that box. But they just, they just sent it since my six months was up. And uh, <clears throat> so yeah. And right before I delivered, I ordered a bunch of games on miniature market because I was like, oh, well, my daughter and I can, you know, play games in bed while I'm nursing. So that was before I even bought another car seat. I was like, I got to get the game order in. <laughs> <laughs> 
priorities. I There's always it. priorities. So game schooling was really attractive to you. Um, yeah. So were there? We do that. And then I follow um, Kate Snow's math curriculums. I love those kindergarten math with confidence. We're just mm-hmm. about finishing up and then we'll do first grade. And then all about reading just to have like a bait. We, we loosely follow it, but just so I can get all the uh, phonetics there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, we, we also did uh kindergarten math at home with uh torchlight pre-K. I yes. Think. A little bit of that. Yeah. Or was oh, it yeah. one before that? Uh, anyways, we did, we've done Kate Snow math. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. The preschool math at home. Preschool right? math. Yeah. yeah I think that's the one. one. Yeah. Cause yeah. we jumped right into the, um, the right start math. Yeah. After that. yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. is, a, that is a good one. Right. Star looks great too. I have the game book. So we'll uh, mix them. I kind of like, um, do a Frankenstein type curriculum where I just like, take bits and pieces <laughs> of everything because I own Torchlight. I own Build Your Library. I have tons of Moffat girls from teacher paid teachers and just, and like critical thinking, logic books and games. And I just kind of mash it all together and <laughs> call it my own. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's hard to resist that, you know, pull to make your own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have all these things that are supposed to be like curated for you and you can put them all, you know, Hey, just open and go, just do this thing. But it's like, but I, but I want more. And I wonder, I think that everyone kind of does that. I don't know if yeah, anyone maybe. really just does the open and go thing. Um, we all seem to mess with it. <laughs> yeah. And like everyone tries to combine torchlight and build your library. And then it just creates this like, more work for yourself as you're like trying to organize. Right. Like I had a big binder trying to organize them all by countries. And I think I spent like three hours doing that. I was like, why, why did I do that? Oh yeah. I, yeah. We have uh, five binders all by countries. Uh, yes. We'll talk, we'll talk later. <laughs> yes. We, we, with our combo. Yes. And and it, it worked out nice. My own thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. I think it's like, it kind of sets you down. It sparks your own creativity and like, Oh, I see what they did. Oh, that's great. I'm going to take most of that. And then I'm gonna add these other things in. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're right. You've made a a whole nother project for yourself. Exactly. And then I spend like a month on every country and it just lasts for a decade, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be doing Torchlight K for a decade. <laughs> put, put it on totally the, know. Put it on the resume for uh, the uh, the application for it's Harvard. It's funny yeah. we're we're finishing we're up Africa K for twelve years. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just about like we're gonna start on Australia, and then we're going to Antarctica. We're gonna be like we're we're kind of you know getting to that we're ready to be done stage because we've yeah, been exactly. doing it for a long time, right? As fun as it is, um, so I, I, I like 100% know <laughs> where you're coming from. I really from. enjoy your videos, and I'm completely the same way, like pulling like everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> we watch a bunch of Studio Ghibli's and like all that stuff. Like yep. we're like living parallel lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, so in taking these curriculum and kind of making them your own and doing things, how does how does your teaching experience come into that? When you, you know, you're looking at something and going like, okay, I see what they were going for here, but you know, I I know what teaching kindergarten first grade is like. I'm going to add these extra things. Do you it, is it have a big influence on how you approach making modifications? Definitely, and I think it also like gives me, it tells me what not to do because I, I'm really careful about not making things seem too schooly. Like <laughs> my daughter will, like when we're playing just today, I made the mistake. I bought like a new game and I was like, oh, it's like a learning game for like alphabet sounds. She's like, I don't want to play a learning game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know. No. 
But then she begrudgingly played that. And then she's like, well, I get to pick the next game. And then the next game she picked had even more learning. It was Rat-A-Tat Cats. It was like filled with math. So mm-hmm. I should have just kept my mouth shut and let her pick the first game. But, you know, I know. We're always like, hey, let's let's play, you know, uh, my my first uh, whatever here. And she's like, no, mom, I want to play Space Base. Yeah, right. like, yeah. Well, I don't think we're ready. But then she's reading all the cards. I'm like, maybe I should just let you play Space Base. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, just given and do what and play what they want to play because they're going to be more interested and they're still going to be learning anyway. But I definitely don't make her write as much as we did in the classroom because I would see um, students, especially at the gifted school, they would have like such great ideas and like wonderful storytelling. And then um, they, they would be expected to write it all on a piece of paper using correct punctuation. And they would bring us these big stories and be like, oh, it's amazing. But you know, you have to have a capital here or a period here. And then you would just see their face just like melt. And like, it just takes all the joy out of learning. And I really, really don't want to do that with my daughter. So I'm very careful about, about that. I want to eventually start uh, a reading response journal like we did in my first grade classroom, but I'm kind of afraid that that's going to kill the joy of reading picture books with me. So I'm going to play that by ear. So what is that? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, those primary journals where they have a picture, like the top half of the page yep. is blank and then the bottoms, um, like composition style notebooks. Yep. Right. So it's that. And then we would every day in first grade, we would read a, I would read a picture book out loud to the class. And then we would ask them, Oh, like, how did that make you feel? Or we, you could draw your favorite part of the story. You could review the book if you wanted to. You could um, write and draw about a connection you have with the characters. Like we did a Kevin Hankey's unit study. And for example, like the book, Wembley Worried, like was there ever a time that you felt worried or if you had a, a blanket like the Owen character in Kevin Hankey's so you could make a connection. So I really like that. And that's something I might take from the first grade curriculum and try to make it work in my homeschool, but without killing the joy of listening to the stories. Interesting. Um, do you find yourself pulling in other techniques from the classroom into your homeschool when you're doing your kind of eclectic mix? Or is it more or is it more like you're jettisoning things and you're just going more towards a natural learning style? I think I'm just going more towards a natural learning style. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have handwriting without tears that we used in first grade, but that's about it. Because I mean handwriting's handwriting. Sure. It's hard but, to make that super fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're slowly going through that book, gosh. But yeah, I think I just now in- incorporate games into everything. And even when I uh, tutor my clients, I'm always gamifying everything and making connect for sheets based on like either CVC words, if they're working on that or, or long vowels. So I'm, tr- I'm trying really hard to make learning fun. Well, you know, it, you know, it sounds like you have a busy day. You got the little one, you got the the young learner, you got the dog in the back um, yeah. who's ch- chasing off jackrabbits and things. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, what does your day look like when you're trying to manage this? I know a lot of parents, you know, big struggle. I've seen it on some of the forums on Reddit, um, people having to deal with, you know, younger, younger children while you're teaching, you know, how much of a challenge is that? And what does your day look like? Yeah, it's really challenging. Um, she's only, she's almost two months old. And so I haven't been doing too much school at all these last two months. Cause I, 
found it was, it was more important to me to just keep having fun with my older daughter. So she doesn't get jealous of the new baby. And I don't want to be like, okay, I have five minutes to myself, like go get the math book. Let's like, do some. <laughs> so, instead I was like, okay, we have like a couple like 10 minutes, like daddy's holding the baby, like go pick out any game you want, or we can play like Mario Kart together or bake cookies. So we've been doing a lot of that, just like free choice um, mom and me time. But we have been doing this. Do you know a smart games, that logic series? Oh, yeah. It's not like they have like Little Red Riding Hood and there's yeah, a few others. Have, yeah, the fairy tale series. And then we've been playing a lot of this game called Smart Farmer, where you have to like organize um, the animals in different like um, paddocks. But like they also have to have water, but they all have to be separated. And she loves that. And so we've been doing a lot of logic games in the bed while I nurse the baby <laughs> and also read alouds. We're reading the Ramona series. Yep. Yeah. We just finished the first, the first book in that. And our daughter definitely, she, she had a new perspective, I think on her little sister after reading the, the first one. Yeah. I love those. And then we also watched the movie Ramona and Jesus with, um, I think it's like Selena is in that and like John Corbett. And that's a good movie. You guys should watch that. Oh yeah, I, I I didn't know there was a movie. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it's really cool. And like all the Ramona's imaginative scenes they do on green screen. So when she's like playing on the monkey bars, like she imagines herself over the Grand Canyon. It's super fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out. Yeah, and we've been watching a lot of movies too. Like we'll watch um like the old parent trap and the new parent trap. And then you can sneak some learning in because I compare and contrast the two movies and we talk mm -hmm. about the differences. So there you go. There's there's your school for the day. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing musical study too because yeah, this time just... with my daughter that's like, well, I want to do something with you, but I I want to also I teach you something, but there's, there's opportunity for learning everywhere. We were yeah. just watching Meet Me in St. Louis last night. And so oh, yeah. we were talking about like, what the world's fair was and why they had an ice wagon and just yeah. all these different things that's like there's learning just just everywhere my daughter loved that movie and she especially liked the part on halloween where they're like throwing furniture into the fire yes my daughter was like is this what halloween used to be like i said well i mean according to this movie she goes and why are they eating ice cream and cake? She was like, what kind of holiday is this? I know, like her eyes were so wide. She's like, oh, wow, we're doing Halloween all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we love musicals. Um, like Sound of Music, we love. And Annie and Into the Woods and Cats, even, even the latest Cats. <laughs> Sacrilege to talk about the latest Cats. I don't know. I know. We were opening day. My daughter dressed like a cat. And then we own the DVD of it too. So I've sadly given them way too much money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, we we have a, a really great book. It's called The Definitive History of Musicals. It's a DK book, which we are in, like in love with DK. Oh, and huh? um, it gives every musical starting in the 20s and, and the forward. Major ones, right? Yeah. yeah the, the major ones that had an influence on the genre. So we we started getting movies for everyone. So we started in 1927 with Showboat and then we moved into Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies and oh, we awesome. did Oklahoma and and it gives like a two page spread on all of them and it talks about kind of like why they were significant. So we've been going up in the years and, and watching how the music and the dancing have changed. It's been really fun. My daughter's really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend that if you guys like musicals. Yeah, I love to get that. Um 
my daughter's actually auditioning for her first musical this summer. It's the oh. little mermaid, so she has an aerial song that she's gonna sing. And- oh, that's awesome! Yeah, we my daughter wants to audition for Elf that we're gonna be doing this winter. I'm stage managing the show, and so she's oh, very interested. Are oh, there any little Elf jobs? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I was a theater major, so I'm definitely like you know, inside, like the stage mom inside of me is like, yes, your first play. (laughs) (laughs) So, so your, your days right now definitely are, are chaotic with your baby. Can we, can we rewind a little bit uh, talking about what your days look like maybe before your baby was born and what kind of, what did you do typically? What was, what was your normal daily plan of attack or did you have one or was it still just kind of ad hoc like it is now? Well, this year was a little bit hard since we moved to a new state and I was pregnant and just, you know, feeling gross the whole time. And then my (laughs) husband was like out of, out of town filming for like months at a time. So it was kind of like, right when I agreed to do the podcast, I was like, oh no, wait, I don't think I really did anything this year. But then I went back and I was like, well, that's not true. We did art projects. We played a ton of games. We did a ton of read alouds. We almost finished kindergarten math with confidence. So just almost finishing a curriculum is a feat in itself anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, that counts. Yeah, totally. And then we watched a lot of Food Network and my daughter became obsessed with getting on the kids baking championship. So then we started baking a ton. So we ended up doing a lot this year, even though I think we did nothing. <laughs> and we started, we started Torchlight and like, you know, an around the world study. And we did um, China uh, during the Olympics. And then we did Ireland in March. And then that's all. Then I stopped because um, I had the baby in April. But a typical day would be, we always have a word of the day. And right now I'm using Mrs. Wordsmith uh, word of the day calendar. And that's a really cool company that has the same animators as movies like Madagascar. Mm-hmm. And they, they draw like really funny pictures that go to the word. So we'll do the word of the day and let's see, yesterday we happened to do it and it was impressive. And so then we do, did you guys ever watch Pee Wee's Playhouse? I'm showing my age. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're there with you. Yeah. So when Pee Wee has the word of the day and like, you know, whenever you hear someone say the word of the day, you scream real loud. So we do that. (laughs) That makes us, you know, use it in a sentence multiple times a day and then pretend to scream and be all goofy and... (laughs) She's learning the words that way. And it's more fun than writing out definitions or doing something like that. That's very, that's very cool. I think we might steal that that from you. Yeah. And then um, Webster's, I I think it's Webster's. They just came out with a kid's word of the day that I shoved in my Amazon basket, but I haven't bought it yet. But that looks good for when I finish up with Mrs. Wordsmith. And then we have a calendar. I was trying to do a calendar every day. I ordered one of these calendars off Amazon that looked similar to what I had in the classroom, but I wasn't paying attention to the size. And so we ended up getting this like comically large calendar. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not, like an entire wall of our playroom. It's just like so awkward to use. And the pieces are so big, like I don't know where to store them. So right now it says January, but it has the February dates and it's, it's just like a mess. It's a hot mess. So <laughs> we highly recommend the little Melissa and Doug magnetic one. That one works really well. We had that. And then we lost the pieces of that too. We're, we're a little disorganized, but part of our charm. <laughs> 
Um, but so going, maybe catching on to the disorganized mess, where, where do you tend to do your disorganized mess and, and how do you, how do you graft your education on top of that? Yeah. And I used to be a teacher guys. <laughs> um, this this gives me hope. This gives, this me, gives hope. me hope. <laughs> we homeschool all over the house, much to yeah. my husband's chagrin because our disorganized mess is now everywhere. But for the most part, I keep all the curriculum and the younger board games and all the books and the learning games in both the playroom and my daughter's room. And then we'll kind of migrate towards the rest of the house because, you know, in all about reading, there's like the fluency sheets that are mm -hmm. very daunting and terrifying. So I will pick maybe 10 words from those and write them on index cards and then hide them all around the house like an Easter egg hunt. And that's the only way I can get my daughter to, to read the words off that sheet. You don't just have her sit there and read all 50 words on the front and back of, of those pages. No. And as soon as, and like the first time I did it, I was like, okay, let's divide it up and we'll make one, like this box of six words will be number one and we'll roll dice and we get number one. We stay a word from that. <laughs> one. And so I tried that because I used to do that with my tutoring kids and the tutoring kids are more, they're more willing to do things than my daughter is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then I would put for my daughter, like M&Ms on the fluency sheets. And like, even that didn't really work. But the only thing that's working are is hiding them around the house and then reading them after finding them. So that, that takes place like in the living rooms. And then we travel all around the house and the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and because a lot of the times during read alouds, I'll have her either like make slime or paint a giant box from Amazon. That's a good mm -hmm. tip. If your child's not sitting still and like being too distracted when you're reading aloud, just grab, grab some trash and have them paint it. In the backyard. <laughs> I love it. Teaching tip. <laughs> Upcycling uh, uh, Amazon boxes. I like it. Yeah. Cause I get a lot of them. <laughs> do you do a lot of, um, so when you're in the homeschool room or you're on the house or you're outside, do you do a lot of baby wearing while you're doing um, education and and teaching. I did that with our youngest because we were doing, I think the pre-K torchlight at that time. And yeah. my youngest was about three months old, four months old. And I would have her on my chest the whole time while I was like kind of walking around the kitchen table and orbiting my, my daughter, my oldest yeah. while, while she's doing her educational stuff. Um, do you incorporate a lot of that too? Yeah. To I'm always out? either holding uh, my baby or like wearing her and okay. yeah, going around the house with her. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Keeping it mobile, keeping it mobile. Yeah. Zone. That's the way to go. That's definitely the way. <laughs> um, you, you're, you said your husband's a cameraman. Um, does yeah. he fold into the homeschool in any way? Does he do kind of photography, um, videography, any type of that? With yeah. Like he, he introduced my daughter to the concept of green screen. So now we have oh, a green perfect. screen in the living room. Nice. It's really cool. And my daughter just naturally she was um, wanting to make Barbie videos and she came over to me. She's like, can you Google a bakery in Paris that specializes in macaroons so I can like put it in the backdrop for the, <laughs> I was like, uh, it's very specific Google, but I'll do my best. <laughs> he was just naturally making like a French movie. So then I had this idea and we haven't done it yet, but while we're going around the world, we can make little like green screen movies and use like different places like different landmarks of each country and she can have the Barbies travel there. So then, then like I can incorporate that into our around the world study. Brilliant. Homeschool together does this on the next around the world journey. <laughs> yes. 
exactly. So yeah, it's so awesome. Like, really like it's already drawn to a project, like might as well incorporate it and have her that's do something great. like that. She's into. And that that's awesome. I, that I, is uh, so great. I like that idea. Don't give don't give Matt any ideas. I could see him. He was like green screen. <laughs> Thirty bucks could, on Amazon. Go for it. I could do so much with an iPhone. <laughs> he has so many different, uh, you know, uh, video and camera equ- pieces of equipment that we just don't have time to use. But someday it's going to happen. Oh so, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. So, so going with the the homeschool, the green screen, all the fun stuff that you have, is there like a piece of equipment or something that you do um, right now that you couldn't live without? Like at, at this age, I think it was the baby carrier for me, but I mean, what, <laughs> is there something that you have in your homeschool that you couldn't live without, like for crates or, or some technology or something that you've been Probably really liking? Board games and books. Board games. Okay. Yeah. Board games for sure. Okay, well, since you said board games, we're gonna we're gonna pull in a little bit. What are your top three uh, young learner board games oh, right yeah. now? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Do tell. Okay, let's see. We'll I know. I put, I'm putting you on the spot. It doesn't have to be three. He arbitrarily right. made that up. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, but okay. everybody likes lists. I'm no, not no, I don't, I'm, I'm good I'm with lists. But if you know, if it's five, that's cool too. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Okay, so Sleeping Queens for sure, because yep. all of a sudden my daughter just knew a bunch of math facts from Sleeping Queens. Yep. And you saw there's a new one coming out, right? Yes. The rescue or something it's called. Rescue, yeah. uh, you're right. Yeah. I can't oh, yeah. I'm getting that for sure. Sleeping Queens is great. Um, we've been enjoying, we'll, we play board games while we eat dinner sometimes. We've been enjoying Go Nuts for Donuts, even though there's not a lot of learning in that one, but that's a fun family game that we like for connection. Uh, like we like those smart games. I like that just for like building up stamina too, because mm-hmm. Some of those get pretty hard and then your child might want to quit. But I was like, oh, like, let's just keep going and think about how good you'll feel when you eventually solve it and it works. And then they solve it and they feel great about themselves. Like some of that, um, do you know, cat crimes? Yes. I have that on my list to get for our daughter next year. It's really hard. Just warning you. Uh, the beginning levels are okay for kids. And then my husband was like, let's just try an expert level, like see how we do. And it was really difficult. It took us like <laughs> half hour. We were like eating dinner and my daughter was bored and like went off and like did her own thing in the next room. And <laughs> we're just like, we're not leaving the table and we can solve this stinking crime. I've been doing a lot of unlock games with some friends of ours. And those are, can be quite challenging. Yes. Very oh, yeah. fun. Is like it like my- mystery based? It's like a mystery based. No, no, no. It's not think fun. These are, oh, I don't remember who makes unlock, but they're like an adult series of games, um, but they're all card based. They've got their star Wars ones. There's like circus ones. There's always different ones. And you're, you're always presented with like a first card and this is the problem. And then there's clues on that card to other numbered cards that you would flip over. And so you're starting to build until you can get through to the end. And there's an app that goes with it. And there's different machines that you have to run and stuff. And there can be some, like we had one, one time where, um, uh, we weren't supposed to be able to like, it was silent and we had to turn the sound off. You had to click your phone into vibrate mode. And that like unlocked it yeah. because it was, it was app partially app based. Um, we had ones before where the backs of the cards all made a map. No, remember the one where we had to like, we had to blow up the balloon and we had oh, to yeah. put the, we had to put the phone up to us and blow into the microphone. Yeah. And then so the balloon could... started getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Well, it's so neat. Yeah. It was all like puzzles. They're puzzles and, and clues and tricks. It's like a mystery thing. They're only single use, so that's kind of like, but yeah. um, it worth it, <laughs> worth it. Yeah, I'll have to check those out. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find um, like a detective game for my daughter that's in between Outfoxed and Clue because we always win Outfoxed. And I bought I bought something called like Sherlock Express, but we haven't played it yet. But I'm hoping that might work. Oh, and I also bought Dinosaur Tea Party, but we haven't played that yet. Either. Dinosaur Tea Party is very good, and that is a really good logic deduction. Um, I, I think that's a great one. My daughter and I just played that the other day. And I, I think you'll probably find that's really good. There's not, otherwise there's not a lot of great stuff between Outfoxed and Clue. We did get Clue Jr. the other day, which is okay. My daughter yeah. actually really liked 13 Dead End Drive. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. That's so like from that. Yeah. Old school. It's old school. But yeah, I think you'll really like Dinosaur Tea Party. Um, I think that that's probably what you're looking for once you play it. Oh, cool. And of course it's, it's very acting based because you're, you're mm-hmm. in Dinoton Abbey and you have to ask questions like, is that a new hat? Or I think I saw you at the last tea and was your oh name Terrence? Gosh. You know, I mean, it was very funny. Yeah, so, yep. Oh, that'll be perfect. Yeah. It's really good. So I had recommend that. Then another game I just bought that I haven't opened it. Cause it looks very intimidating, but pyramid account. It's called Pyramid Arcade by Looney Labs, and it has mm. 50 different games inside. And then also just all these like really pretty pyramids and different game boards and like tons of dice and with like different symbols mm. on it and playing cards. And so then you could actually make up your own games too, because there's so many different manipulatives. So like my gears are turning in my brain, like, oh, I can make a bunch of game schooling games based on these parts in this game box. So we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that before. No, I haven't heard. Yeah, we'll take a look at that one. So, so you're you're gamifying your homeschool, and you know, I'm sure your daughter's loving that. Yeah, and even Is video that- games work for that because my husband played uh, Breath of the Wild, and there was so much logic in that. And they also played chess together, but there was, I think, more logic in Breath of the Wild than I think they did in chess. That's for a Switch, right? Yeah, that's on Nintendo Switch. And the Nintendo's been great um, because we've been pretty been pretty safe during uh, the pandemic. And the only way we could play with her friends or or my family in California was through Nintendo. And my little brother's a big gamer, so we were able to all play Mario Kart together and Super Mario Maker, where you construct different Mario courses and then have your friends play that. Hmm. And then that game you can also tie in to the around the world study because you can play different different people from different countries upload their game and it says their title in that country's native language and it has the flag for that country so my dad will be like oh what flag is that i was like oh i happen to have a globe right here beside me (laughs) (laughs) went out the the country and it's like all right geography checked off for the day yeah it's like a modern excite bike right kind of like where you make your own course yeah yeah, exactly. That one's a lot of fun if you guys don't have that. Yeah, we don't have a switch yet. I haven't, I'm trying to determine when, which year we'll purchase that. But so you're playing all these games, you're having lots of fun doing crafts and movies and all kinds of things. Is this what you home thought homeschooling would be like before you started? I mean, I'm sure that teachers have some preconception about like what homeschool is. You know, what what did you used to think it was? How how is it? the same or different than what you thought I probably used to think it was just like you know that mother and son in that Harrison Ford movie witness like that's mm-hmm. how I imagine right. 
Oh, she goes, she goes right, to, right to the Amish. <laughs> Minus the murder. <laughs> no murder. No murder. And they probably had a school there, so that kid probably wasn't even homeschooled. But like that was, that's what's in my brain. Ariel, I'll be, I'll be Harrison Ford in your, your thing. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like it's not how it is at all, and I don't really know many homeschoolers in real life, sadly. But I'm hoping to start joining groups. Now that the world's opening up again and I'm not pregnant and terrified of getting COVID, now we can start actually doing things and I'm hoping to meet more people because that's what's really missing right now. I feel in our homeschool is like the social aspect. Um, so I want to join like some kind of like floor school or like get my daughter involved in theater and she wants to do gymnastics and dance. She basically wants to do everything because she couldn't do anything for the last two years. No, understandable. It's understandable. So what, what's the climate like there in New Mexico? Is it a very friendly homeschool state? What kind of like regulations and things do you have there? Oh gosh, nothing. All I had to do was sign up. It took me two minutes online and it says you have to have a high school degree, but no one ever asked me for it. So wow. I literally said like, yeah, this is my name and I'm homeschooling. She was five at the time, my five-year-old. And no one has ever contacted me since. Wow. So I guess I don't have to do any record keeping or, or anything like that. Do, do you anticipate continuing with homeschool uh, into the future? Definitely through elementary school. Okay. And it just, just depends on, I guess, like financially, whether we can like afford a private school or because mm -hmm. the schools here are, are not, are not good. So I wouldn't want to put my daughter into just any school here. Yeah. So we'll just play it by ear. Cause she is very social, but she also, uh, she does like horseback riding. And I know she wants to get into like showing horses and doing theater and she keeps asking to do like movies and things. So, so I don't know if we're going to like start that and try to get her an agent or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah. So we'll just see like how much time we have and whether just keep doing what we're doing or look into a school. So definitely having a, a baby was a big challenge for you this year and, you know, trying to figure out how to kind of keep sort of going in your homeschool while taking care of a, a newborn. Were there any other challenges that came up, you know, even before that with your, with your kind of first real homeschooling year and now that yeah, your daughter well, was in kindergarten? challenge came up right after I had a baby because I had a post-secondary um, hemorrhage right after two weeks after mm. I had to go to the hospital for emergency surgery. And then I just wasn't feeling myself for a couple of weeks after, cause then I became anemic. And so I'm just now starting to not feel dizzy. So that was definitely a challenge. But like I said, <laughs> yeah. the past two months, like I don't really know too much about what homeschooling is going to be like with a new baby. Cause I haven't really, haven't really done it. Cause we had the baby and then immediately I, I hemorrhaged and so we'll see. But other challenges, uh, I think just moving in general is a huge, a huge challenge for any family to go through, especially to a new state where you don't know anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely challenging. And, and I think that was also one of the reasons why I just made it more of a fun year and not so much, not concentrating so much on the academics. Well, you know, yeah. leaning into your experience as you know, an educator and whatnot, a lot of parents who are doing homeschooling, especially in these early years are afraid of, you know, I'm not doing enough or my kid's not learning enough, or, 
you know, I'm they're, they're getting behind and I'm causing damage to their, you know, long-term out, you know, prospects in life type of thing. You know, they'd start to catastrophize. You had a very loose and, and fun and, and, you know, exciting and game schooling, very atypical experience with respect to, you know, a first year or a second year early edu- um, early learners experience like kindergarten, first grade. You know, can you rest, you know, can you, can you say to those parents who might be a little bit stressed out about whether or not they're doing enough that, you know, it, do you have any message to those people? Yeah, I would say you're absolutely doing enough just by caring for your child and reading them good books and just engaging with them and listening to their interests and playing with them. And all that is enough. I mean, especially for the kindergarten year, I mean, they're five and six year old, they're just babies and they're just they're learning about the world and finding out what their interests are. And you just want to really make sure that, that they're starting to develop interests and just like, it's like, you just want them to get excited about learning. Like we'll do some mystery sciences. Like that's a really great website. And then she gets excited about like a certain topic. Like she saw a volcano episode of that. So then we like would make, did the whole baking soda vinegar thing with volcanoes, just little sparks and and like, you don't need a whole science curriculum in kindergarten, just go off their interests, see what sparks, and then just kind of like find something. You don't even have to do a whole unit study. Cause I know with five and six year olds, their interests change overnight. So by the time the stuff you order from Amazon for the unit study comes in, it's, it's, it's all, the whole thing's over with anyway. So um, Epic is a great subscription to get um, the books. Do you know that? Um, Yeah, I've heard of it, but I I haven't, we haven't tried it ourselves. Definitely uh, explain for our listeners who might not have heard of it. It's kind of like, I think their tagline is we're the Netflix of children's books. And so like whatever, they have all the Nat Geo books. And so if my daughter was interested in honeybees one day, uh, like we watched a YouTube video on honeybees. And then I went on Epic and we read like little like science readers about honeybees. We also did that for ants. And so anything that sparks our interest, you can be like, oh yeah, let's, let's quick go on and we'll read a couple of nonfiction books about that. And we did that for Groundhog Day. We did a little like mini Groundhog Unit study. Uh, we didn't watch the movie. I feel like that's a little too old at the moment. <laughs> but well, we read like the Gail Gibbons Groundhog story. And then we watched Puxatani Phil look for his shadow. And then we did an art project. And then she got an idea to make our dog Puxatani Phil. So she put a little top hat on him and then filmed this elaborate, like 25 minute video with my phone about like Groundhog Day and how she was like the interviewer and indie, whether like our dog was seeing their shadow or not. So I did, I basically went off and like did dishes. I'm like, all right, you, you can handle that. <laughs> but yeah, just like learning happens constantly and everywhere and you don't have to force it or even like facilitate it because they're going to find things to do on their own that they're interested in and and it'll get excited about it. And I also think that kindergarten now in the public school system, they're doing way too much and they're causing so much pressure and stress on the kids and parents. And I I have um, tutoring clients and the parents are actually like crying when they're telling me about their daughter or their son and how they only know 20 of the 72 sight words or whatever the number is. And, and I had like one mom's like, I failed my son because he doesn't know his sight words. I was like, Oh my gosh, you haven't at all. (laughs) 
And I just, it breaks my heart, the amount of stress they have on learning to read because then I'll get my students and they already don't like reading because they're feeling so much pressure. So I think that just um, relaxing a bit will help in the long run. Like with my daughter, how we're, we're only doing CVC words this year. And just because I could tell like, at first she really wanted to learn and then she kind of like lost interest. And I just didn't want to push because, because of my tutoring experience, I know like what pushing, how it can backfire. So I was really careful not to do that with my daughter. Yeah. It seems almost like a paradox. They're, they're almost doing too much in the younger years and then almost too little in the end of the high school years. I remember, gosh, this, you know, when I was in college, I, I remember hearing professors, my physics professors in the hallways, you know, in essence, gossiping and complaining that these kids coming into, you know, the basic physics class, or they don't even know how to do math. Like they're like, what are we, why do I have to waste half my year to catching them up on things they should have already gotten in high school? You know, it's like, it's this weird paradox. There's just no, co- you know, no coherent through, through line on, you know, when, where does the rigor begin and where does it not? Exactly. And then they're going to burn out by the time they're in third grade and they don't want to even read for fun anymore. Exactly. So much pressure has been put on them. Yeah, it was, that was a big concern of ours yeah. too. Just the just the amount of pressure that kids are under and the amount of homework that they bring home um, was was a big concern of ours. And you know, we hear from a lot of parents when they started homeschooling after the pandemic, they're like, "Wow, there's so much more of our day is free." Yeah. I don't. We yeah, it was funny because it was like we don't remember much homeschool in our younger years. I mean, obviously in high school, I, I had a lot of homework, but that was homework, yeah. that was to be expected. But and then when we go off to college, we're like, "Okay, we're in college," but we saw our cousins getting just inundated. And then once we get out, we get jobs. We have our coworkers that are lamenting the fact that their eight and nine-year-olds have two hours of homework every night. And we're like scratching our head. I'm like, I don't remember doing that yeah. when I was in eight or, you know, second or third grade. I remember being pregnant with our first daughter sitting yeah. in a breastfeeding supports group when I was just like in my last trimester. And one of the moms saying, oh, I just, I have to find a baseball league that's going to have practices and games on the weekend, you know, for my six-year-old. And it's like a seven-year-old. And, and I was like, oh, you know, why? And she goes, well, he has so much homework. He can't, we can't practice baseball during the week. He has to do it all on the weekend. I'm like he's, he's seven, you know? <laughs> that and like, and I'm actually, some families will hire me just to help their children with their homework. Cause it's just causing too much stress and they can't even deal with it anymore. And so I'm just, uh, they come on, they see me twice a week and I just do math homework with them because it was causing tears and like the parents wow. were just getting too stressed out and you come home and have to do like an hour or two of homework and then you have dinner and then you put your kids to bed and then you like have barely seen them. It's just heartbreaking. Exactly. Yeah. It's something that, you know, we're so grateful all this time that we have and, and this flexibility that we have. And it, it clearly sounds like that's something that's really benefited your family as well, having this new baby. And then you having to go back into the hospital, homeschooling was flexible the when you needed it to be in the way that you needed it to be. Yeah, exactly. And it'll be great too, because my husband, uh, since he like will go off filming in different places. And then a lot of time we have the opportunity to go stay at the hotel with him. And so we could go and just like drop everything. And mm-hmm. we won't be able to do that if we were in the public school system or any school system, really. Yeah. What a, what a neat uh, and enriching experience for your kids to get to, to go on location when they're shooting something and get to see different areas and 
and have those experiences. Yeah. I was so mad this year because I was pregnant and didn't want to travel, but like he flew to Florida and it was close to Disney world. And I was like, oh man, if it was any other year, if it wasn't a pandemic and I wasn't eight months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And then he was in uh, Taos, New Mexico. And this was a little worrisome because it was two weeks before the baby was due and he was up in the mountains. So he he was four hours away. And then once he was at the hotel, he had to take a snowmobile and a ski lift to the job. And so then he was like another hour away on top of some mountain. And I'm just like praying, please don't go in the labor. Oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then my water ended up breaking, but luckily he happened to be home. It was like the one night that month he was home that my water broke. <laughs> <laughs> Meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has just been great. I think this is this is good. You know, as, as much as you feel like, you know, it hasn't been formalized this year, it's been kind of chaotic. You've done different things. This is exactly the reason that we do these interviews because other families are also having a year that's been like crazy and they've had medical issues or they've moved or they've had something going on and they're feeling like, my gosh, nobody's, I'm not really homeschooling or, um, you know, everyone else is all together. And I think this is this is great. Just that you're, you're continuing learning. You're finding a way to make it work for your family amongst all kinds of different things that are going on. This is, this is perfect. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is what it's about is showing everybody that there's homeschooling looks a lot of different ways and it looks different Mm -hmm. at different times in people's lives, depending on what's going on and how they've found ways to adapt and make things work and keep going and keep finding that joy and educating yeah. their kids yeah, and thank definitely you. personalize like any curriculum you use, like make it your own. And, you know, you just want to make those memories with your children and, and have fun. Thanks so much. Yeah. That's a great way to be. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Oh, sure. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!